Welcome to episode 249 of More Than Dice. Uh, we are just all getting back from our small break. John is not back yet. He had to go get his drink of the day. Um, but we are going to be talking about going back to the table to play and roll dice at a video game. Or not a video game. As a just a simple RPG. Um, so... We're going to talk about getting back to the table, what you should do at a table, how you should do it, how you should act, whether you should metagame, etc., etc. Uh, also, we're going to do some reviews of some RPGs. Uh, I did get a couple in from the, um, whatchamacallit, uh, and I will review what I got and give them out to everybody. Uh, thank you, Xander, for making me wear ears for the rest of the show. Um, for more than dice, by the way, I'm Gonzo. I'm annoyed. Why are you annoyed, John? Because for some reason, a shit ton of action figures have been standing for fucking a week. Decided to fall over. And some of them are even on bases. So I don't fucking understand it. No. Yeah, just life. Yeah, well, life needs to stop. <laughs> Guys. Life's manager. It's manager's just going to tell you, go to hell. Guys, we want to thank all of our sponsors. We want to thank Midnight Heroes. Uh, be on the lookout. He'll be coming on the show sometime soon to talk about his new Kickstarter and all the models that he's got coming out. We want to thank Muse on Minis for uh, hosting our show and giving it out to all the people and using a discount. If you like their stuff, make sure you use More Than Dice and get at least 10% off. Oh, sorry. At least. At least 10% off. Um, we also want to thank Parabellum War Games. For being an awesome game manufacturer. Also, if you like their stuff and want to play their game, you can use the discount code more than dice also. Seeing a pattern here. Uh, it's more than dice, not more than dice also, just in case you were wondering. <laughs> then yeah, we also want to thank out uh, we want to thank uh, Turbo Dork for being an awesome sponsor for metallic and color shifting paints, which I will when I get time down the line of all the things I've got time to do. Um, my new Warcaster army will be painted with their color shifter army. Um, other than that, let's go ahead and get to the business, which we want to thank Legionnaires for helping us with our shout outs this week. Um, shout outs this week, Raquel Welch. Man, I have not heard that name in a long time. Yeah, she's been kind of, uh, to herself and out of the public eye for a while. Yeah. Um, which is okay. I mean, she was, you know, what, 80s, 90s or something? Yeah, she was older, yeah. yeah. I mean, she was a you know, big deal in the, in the 70s, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she was very much a, you know, movie babe, pinup girl type style type thing. 83-ish. Yeah. Almost 83, yeah. Type thing. Um, and stuff. But it was like, wow, okay. Um. Also, uh, Legionnaires also know that Tika McLaughlin, the registrar at the Arkansas Archaeological Society, uh, had which passed away. Him, so yeah. yeah, which is okay. We, we ask people for shout outs. So give us your shout yeah, outs. Um, type thing. Um, and so give a shout out to Tika. And then Richard Belzer uh, passed away today. For people that don't know, he's a comedian, but very well known for um, SVU. Um, well, more than that. He's actually been in, I think he's had the same character appear in 
10 different series, if I yeah. recall the article correctly. It's crazy, because it's all Law & Order, um, uh, X-Files. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it is reported that uh, his last words were, fuck you, motherfucker. Um <laughs> Which, as a comedian, is understandable. He retired yeah. a couple years ago. Correct. Uh, and and stuff. And I remember him as much and everything. And it was just crazy. But, you know, I, I thought it was funny that somebody had... Uh, his friends had says, yes, that's what it was. Um, Mizzy has uh, Scott Crosby. Uh, uh, passed away recently. Was a big, awesome friend and teacher to her. Uh, and also, fuck cancer. Yes, fuck cancer. Um, and then we want to give a shout out to, uh, Jimmy Carter. He is now in hospice. Um, that man. Well, hospice is at home. Correct. Hospice he home. wants to spend the time. Yeah. Correct. He wants to spend it at home with his family. Um, but doing hospice care. Um, and that man is his years after presidency. He did nothing but serve the public after presidency even more. Yeah. Like, so. They say he was a bad president. Hard to tell. What are they comparing him against? Because honestly, revisionist history comes a lot with the presidents. Um, but he's just been a great human being. Yeah. I mean, you know, and if you read about his military service and what they did for a, uh, uh, there was a nuclear meltdown, I believe it in Canada, and they asked for our help and they sent uh, Carter and his team up and they helped stop that meltdown. So, I mean,. Well, I mean, he he's also, done a lot. Yeah, he's he's built tons of homes for Happy Humanity. I remember seeing that one where he was like 89 or something or whatever, and he's got bruises yeah, all over his face, and he's still yep. building a house. He's like, no, my job, my lot in life is to help others that that can't help themselves. And I'm like, this good human being. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, we hope that, you know, everything is okay, you know, that he gets the rest he needs and he also uh gets uh to spend time with his family yeah type thing so yeah he did a lot more in his after he was also a president that uh sold his peanut farm because he didn't want it to conflict with his uh views as being a president no (laughs) i'm gonna hazard to say i don't think he's a bad president i think we weren't ready We we didn't deserve him as a president i think at that point, the corporate interests had taken over so much that he seemed like a bad president. Because remember, Reagan was a lot of a good president at the time, and now we're like, oh, yeah. I don't but remember that's more political than we need to go. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. Um, I just know that I know his life after presidency was has been. He has been an exemplary human being. Yeah, absolutely. So, want to give a shout out to him. Um, I think that was all the shout outs. Yep, I believe so. Uh, John, what are you drinking tonight? I have a Moscow Mule. I am doing the awesome thing. I am drinking water. You started drinking before we said cheers. What are you I know. I was trying to get the straw in my mouth. And we I couldn't have even do- rules. <laughs> rules, sir. You are violating the rules again. There are not many of them we follow. But God damn it. <laughs> All right, guys, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you watching. Um, just so you know, um, I have a new RPG that's up called Godfall. If you want to listen to that, uh, it's on there. Uh, it's something we do every two weeks or try to do every two weeks. Um, and so we'll have that up. Um, and, of course, you've always got, you know, 
the Boker Brawl stuff for War Machine and uh, Tried and True, which is a great group of people doing some really good work. They did some good charity work this weekend. They did a food machine. I think they raised over like $3,000 or something for the local charity. So cheers to them. Um, And uh, John, are you doing any recordings? Uh, We'll probably record my new game. Okay. As yet untitled, uh, but uh, starts this this Saturday. So. And did you finally f- settle on? You're going to do fourth edition. Yeah, I was okay. last week. Yeah, just making sure. Well, you asked me about a couple just other make, systems. Said, yeah. So. No, I mean I was just looking at stuff. We 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 decided upon that a while ago. Okay. Guys, please take care of yourself. Please look after each other. If you need someone to talk to, you know you can come to us. We have no problem whatsoever doing that. Um, if you need someone to hang out with, hang out. I'll I'll load up something and we can do video chatting and I can paint and we can paint and have a good time. Yep. Cheers. Cheers. Oh man. That's like nice and cold and refreshing. I can feel my cells being energized already. And I can feel I can like I'm the getting same thing hydrated. About mine. I feel hydrated. Mm-hmm. There's ice cubes in it. There's water. Hmm. <laughs> that is solid H2O. And it's filtered. I didn't measure that shit out. Should have. <laughs> um, so. Look, uh, you know what happens when you're drinking alcohol without measuring, right? Yeah. You get, Gonzo just mutes his mic and just lets you rant for the entire episode. <laughs> Um, before we get started the painting, I wanted to do this review. So I don't know if everybody saw it. There was a ad going on like during Christmas time, beginning of the year about, Hey, give me $17 and 95 cents and I'll send you a random RPG. And I was like, huh, watch the reviews of it. Let people, you know, talk about it a little bit. And I was like, okay, I can, I can do this. I don't mind. I can, I can spare 1795 or whatever every couple of weeks. Cause I decided to do the, you know, Every two weeks, send me something cool. Um, and so I got my first ones in uh, a few weeks ago, but Kathy came back and didn't want to do it. But my first one I got in is I got a Pathfinder Adventure module. Um, it is actually, it's called Hurricanes Hall, uh, Hal, excuse me, uh, Strength of Thousands. It is an adventure path. It is a second edition, uh, and it's just a module. Um, it's like part two of six or adventure path three of six. Uh, you could easily adapt this. So I read it over, just got a quick glance of it and everything. And it's got stats for creatures and all this other stuff and maps in the back. I mean, it's your old school, you know, got a map on it, you know, Mm -hmm. got maps in the back, you know, it was a whole thing. I mean, it's it's Pathfinder, not a big deal. It's kind of cool. Um, Retail price of this thing is like what twenty four, twenty five dollars. So I mean, that's cool. That's cool. I was like, all right, I, I I have a friend that runs Pathfinder. I could throw this to him and let him use it. I don't have a problem with it. Um, and then yesterday, my second order came in, and this one was kind of a shocker, um, because this book is old. This book is really old, and that's more what I'm expecting. And and I, I was like, man, I a friend of mine at work was talking about their RPG, and he picked the book up, and I was like, man, I may have to give this to him. Check this shit out. Star Wars, the movie trilogy source book by Westin Games. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I was like, now that's some old shit. I mean, yeah. When was this done? 1993. Was it, it's the first printing? Yeah, yeah, that's about when that game was really getting big. Yeah, and I was like, whoa, crap, holy shit! Because I opened it up, I was yeah. like, this is really cool. Um, yeah. and I mean, it's got a lot of ton of you know, it's got the stats for Han Solo. You know, I'll be honest. I mean, with all due respect to the FFG version, that may still be the best version of Star Wars role playing game. A lot of people say that it is. Um, I mean, I like the Fantasy Flight one a lot too, but man, that's a it's a pretty good version. Yeah, there's enough that I was considering running it for something else. It's a good, solid core system. I'd like to see. Uh, DC ended up using a uh, version of that for one of their later DC Heroes games. Um, but I mean, it's got like the stats of all the Star Wars characters. I mean, even up to like, okay, uh, Princess Leia, they give her the stats as the Battle of Yavin. And then they go, this is our stats as Battle of Hoth. And here's our stats of Battle of Endor. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so if you wanted to play Han Solo, you wanted to play Luke Skywalker, um, so on and so forth. And it's got like, here's Moss Eisley stuff. Here's, you know, the Death Star. Here's... You know, Grand Moff Toph and all the other... And the spaceships. And here's Wedge Antilles. And I like, was like, man, this is... I'll be honest. Between West End Games and FASA back in the day really set the standard for what I think a quote-unquote splat book should be. Yeah. It doesn't have to be pure content. You can just have a lot of cool stuff. Because I remember correctly, they still have, like, fun little, like, in-universe articles in there. Like, uh, advertisements and shit in there. Like, it would be something that would be in-universe. Well, they well, in the center of the book is all the movie posters and rejected movie posters. Well, that's cool. Like, and just you know, different ones—the tent poster B and the Empire Strikes Back. Like, like that stuff has no use to your role-playing game, but it's just fucking cool. Yeah, Star Wars concert. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Star Wars was big. We were not quite the right age to really get all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I sure remember the droids and Ewok adventure cartoons. And the poster that never made it out and the title, Revenge of the Jedi. Yeah. Um, and just all this cool stuff in here. And it talks about all the ships, the Imperial fleet, everything to do with the Star Wars movies. And I can tell this was old because when I opened it up and I looked inside, somebody had a birthday card for Joe in here. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, poor Joe. Joe, I hope you enjoyed your birthday and got good use out of that book. Yeah. Um, But it has like force powers. And then it's got like Mm -hmm. concept art for New Hope in the back. Oh, yeah. I mean, this this is what I remember, you know, an RPG book being. Well, because back in the day, a lot, a lot of them, like, Star Wars was at that point. People forget that at that point, Star Wars was not a big deal. <clears throat> 93 had been 10 years since a movie um, that, like, the Ewoks or Droids cartoons, as you mentioned, or the Ewok live-action movies had done a fucking thing in general. Yeah. Uh, it took a little book called uh, Shadow of the Empire to get Star Wars rolling again. And this is about that time where they were just... This was them putting out something to get stuff out there by putting the extra content in there. They got more sales for people who would never play a role-playing game because it's just good old content. Oh, and, and Han Solo 
and the Corporate Sector, coming out uh, November 1993. Funny story. Um, Brian Daly, who wrote some of the novelizations of Star Wars stuff, bought that book from me at my store. <clears throat> I was working at back in the day because he needed it for resource material. Research material. It was crazy. Crazy. Yeah, Star Wars limited edition poster. Yeah. You could get it for twenty five dollars or a signed one for thirty dollars. Wonder if these phone numbers are still in effect. No. <laughs> no. Please allow four weeks for delivery. That's about par, actually. Shipped by UPS whenever possible. <clears throat> yeah. No, four, four weeks processing, that's, that's pretty standard for something like that. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I, I opened this up, and I was like, when I, when I got the package, I'm like, oh, this is heavier than the older one, the other one yeah. I got. So I was like, what is this? And then I opened it up, and I pulled it out. I was like, man, I don't think I've ever owned this book. I mean, I probably saw it sitting on the shelf, and was like, man, I'm too poor. I can't get this. Uh, I don't think I own that exact one. I own a lot of other books, but yeah. I mean, I don't know what this cost originally, but this is kind of cool. Uh, I mean, probably nigh on 30 bucks. Yeah, probably originally it was like 30 bucks. Yeah. But, I mean, West End Games, people still consider it, like you said, the top of the Star Wars RPG. And uh, one of my local guys had recently bought the West End uh, full, you know, core book recently. And he was like, I got this. I picked it up. I saw it. Look kind of cool. I says, dude, that's a good find. And I'm like, he said he found it at one of his local bookstores. Um uh, up there, up uh, north of me, and uh, he was like, yeah, and I, I picked it up, and I was going through I was like, dude, that's considered one of the best Star Wars game systems yeah. ever. Yeah, and you can find it online. It's online free, and the system is open source. The the uh, D6 system is open source. It's a it's a solid system. You just need to, you know, maybe finesse what you need to put in, into it. Yeah. Uh, there's I mean, a lot of play in that system. Yeah, so I'll probably take and I'll give the Pathfinder book to a friend of mine that runs Pathfinder and then uh, the Star Wars book to a friend of mine that's got the Wesson game and looking into it. And I'm like, here. But, I mean, that shows that, that that at least that thing's worth the money. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, the first book I got was $25 Pathfinder second and second edition. So it's, you know, it's a new it's a newer stuff. So it's, it's usable right now mm-hmm. uh, without having to dig very hard. And then an older book, which was... Which is also totally usable in this case because I can send you a link to get the uh, the 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 most recent of those rule books, so you can just play that game. You can play Star Wars with those rules. Correct. I mean, it was, but I mean, it was it was a blast from the past thing. I was like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. cool, you know, yep, type thing. But I was like, nostalgia, very much. So I was like, yeah, these are worth it. So I'll keep it going for a few more times. Um, and such, and just see what see what comes up, and you it's, know, it seems way more cool than Loot Crate. Not that Loot Crate was bad; you had a lot of interesting stuff in Loot Crate, but very rarely was the month was stuff that was just legitimately. This is all cool, and th- it, it cool and usable. Yeah. Besides a like, knickknack, sure, I've got Loot Crate T-shirts I still wear just because. I mean, it's a T-shirt. Yeah. It's practically worth. It's. I mean, the T-shirts are generally worth most of the money of a Loot Crate, anyways. Getting one monthly. Yeah. But I was really surprised on the on the Star Wars one because I'm like, man, I haven't seen that shit in forever. I only have because I went looking because I was... Uh, <laughs> I bought the... Uh, they put out a whatever anniversary of it. 
couple several years ago when they didn't sell them all at my local game store. So they marked them down to half price, and at half price, I picked that shit up in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. It's actually over on my ta- table in my pile of role-playing games I was considering for the last game that didn't go over very well. I actually feel like after playing what we played, I think the uh, the uh, Western Star Wars would have been a better system for it. But hindsight is twenty twenty. Oh, yeah. So there's my review. As soon as they come in at each show, I will do a review of the model, re- or review of the uh, book. Um, so under the topic, so next week I have a new RPG group, this new RPG group, some of them, it's not that their first time playing, but it's like their first time with in-person gaming. So I crack up at that because John, that's how we gamed. (laughs) I've played two role-playing games three total sessions uh, remotely, and it's, I'm not a fan. I think the technology still... I don't think it's just a technology, but I think everyone having easy access to technology to make that workable is probably five to ten years away. Well, my, my biggest issue that I have with it, and I, I, have a, I have an RPG. I'm putting together, this is an alternate sculpt for Orgoth, uh, Commander, by the way, for some people that may be asking or looking. Um... The thing that I have is it's too easily to get distracted. We had that discussion too. I forget who with. I it might have been me listening to someone discuss it, but it's too easy when you're at home to you know even when I do sometimes here look over to the screen and go what's going on there when I'm not directly involved. Correct. It in person you can smack the fucker with the phone and, and get it right out of his fucking hand. <laughs> but. Uh, you know, over the internet, people will zone out when it's not their action, and sometimes that can be a problem. Sometimes it's not. It solves one of the problems you have. You want to talk about later, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah, there. It's. Don't get me wrong. And we we all started playing, and a lot of people started playing online due to COVID, and it became easier to do it. And they gave us the tools to do it to make mm-hmm. it easier. And there's nothing wrong with playing online if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're not digging it. We're not doing anything. I prefer. I think it actually lends itself to different types of games, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I prefer to play in person, in my opinion, just because there's there's something about sitting at the table with your friends and doing stuff. And it's not just about sitting at the table with your friends. It's the stuff you do before you get there. Or before you sit down and do the game, like get snacks out, check in with each other, hang out, get to know people. I mean, we have someone that's brand new, you know, to all of us and everything. Mm -hmm. And it'll be nice to sit there and go, oh, hey, this person, blah, 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 and get to know them and hang out, check in with people, you know, stuff like that, that we lose when we do, you know, do electronic my game is also starting this Saturday in person. Um, and we lose the stuff like, you know, not brushhead. Dave brings me dinner every, every single Saturday. He just messaged me like, I'm going here. What do you want? But, you know, we sit there and we'll watch YouTube and have music on in the background and chat about stuff in general before we start. Yeah. Just friends getting together, just friends catching up with each other. I mean, it's like that sometimes like this, like Saturday, we went over to Marshall's house and it's been a month since I've seen those, some of those guys. So, 
rather than play anything, I ended up just chatting for a bit. We get a lot of good chill time with your friends. Yeah. Now, it's easier to heckle your friends face-to-face and not the flow of the game. Yes. It's also actually easier to carry on a side conversation um, in person because you can both go to another room. You can both move aside a little bit. And you can still keep track of what's going on. You don't have to go to a separate chat room or something like that. Though you can do that online easily. Depends if you're doing a lot of voice or text. Um, but yeah, I think in-person is, in my opinion, the superior way. But I don't want anyone to think that it's the only way. Correct. There was a quick discussion on Twitter I, I breezed through where someone's like, uh, one person's like, the only way to play D&D properly is to play it in person. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck right off. No. There is no only one way to do things. Except for rock. There's only one way to rock. Sammy Hagar told us that. But regardless of rocking, everything else, there's multiple ways you can do it. And you got to be open-minded because sometimes, like COVID hit, we didn't have a choice. You wanted to role-play? You, you you did it remotely. And I would have actually continued on with that campaign if work hadn't gotten fucking crazy. Yeah, and, th- and that's the thing is there was a lot of shift to do things electronic and do it over Skype or whatever you were doing and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. It's because you had to. Mm-hmm. For the most part, you had to. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. You do it. But there is something about getting together with your friends, hanging out for the entire day. First, you get together, snack, catch up, have your, you know, chat. Entire day is a, a lot. Not but you understand what I'm saying. Not just, you know, 30 minutes or, you know, you get to you get A couple to actually, hours, a couple good hours together. Yeah. And, and socialize. Have a good time. Mm-hmm. Talk. Get to figure out who's who, get to learn people, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and for some of us, there's also the tactile function of it's why we like print stuff. We like physical dice. You know, we, we, we like the, the physicality of that we've got, like, like the tactile sensations of that. Well, there's it, also uh, that thing of, of you're sitting at the table and a pivotal role comes in and you're like, all right, pivotal roll and you roll it. And then everybody's like, Oh, or yay. Or, you know, whatever yeah. type thing. There, there is something to do that. And while, yeah, you do have those pivotal roles inside of, you know, electronic, there's something about being face to face and doing it. I think on that one, you could actually make a dice roller that made that more interesting by having it, uh, you know, you can set it for whatever is big on that dice, you know, like, like a 20, if it gives you a random number 20, it's a big deal. And it, you know, sparkles or fireworks or whatever. You could do that to make it more exciting. But you would need an interactive one that went everyone logged into so they all got fireworks on the screen or whatever. You could do that. But that would be a lot of programming. It's not going to happen maybe ever. And if it does, it'll be a while. But, you know, it's, yeah, it's not the same. But it's 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 also getting away from that place you're always in. Like, I'm always right in this fucking chair. Yeah. That's why I like prefer to watch movies. I don't watch a lot of movies I can only watch on the computer because I prefer to watch them downstairs in front of the TV. So I'm getting away from just this little corner of my room and everything. You know, and role-playing away from that makes it feel more special, less like it's the same old thing you do. Same you know? old, same old. I'm a little little resistant to it because even when we used to role play, I would role play. I would still be at the same place I was at my computer. I would just turn to the side to the tables we had set up because it was all in our living room. 
So, but let's not say it's not you know good, not not playable. It is, and in fact, if you've got a now here's where it's gonna be weird. If you've got a campaign that needs a map but doesn't need the the very particular placement of people in the map, it's great. Like something where you're gonna describe where your guy is in a vague sense and GM or you're here now, cool, whatever. But if you're gonna play like a D and Ds where a lot of times exactly where you put yourself on the map is super important, in person's better for that just because you've got the map there, it's a little easier to work with. Yeah. Um, a game like Feng Shui, where they specifically say the map is not your friend, the map needs to be somewhat fluid, you describe it in general terms, like, all right, I grab a broom they have hanging you know, up against the wall and start beating people with it. Cool, broom was there, why not? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of games that do that now, that have a much more vague sense of map. I've gone from specific mapping to vague mapping a lot of the time. So we might go back since we're replaying a D&D 4th edition base game, but we'll see. Um, but you know that the I think the vague map to you know anything less than full tactical map is fine online. Full tactical map I think is generally better in person, but I'm willing to be proven wrong. And I'm with Legion. I don't trust digital dice. We we buy the math rocks. We don't use the math rocks. <laughs> yeah. It's just, and, it, and some of it's just us being old. You know, younger generations are going to grow up with the stuff. They're going to be fine. And there's nothing, and like I said, there's nothing wrong with, you know, if you want to play online or do whatever. There's That's your prerogative. You can do whatever the hell you want. I just miss, I, I miss gaming in front of people and sitting at a table and hanging out and, mm -hmm. you know, having a good time because there's something about that. Yeah. So. I. I think it's the best way to role play. I mean, you can do it online, and some people have really gelled with them. Um, and uh, Art of Michael Lavoie says, uh, I run terrain in a lot of my tabletop games. Good isometric maps for online are a bit of a chore. Absolutely. Uh, also, like, we ran full-on a shit ton of D&D 4th Edition when it came out. And I got a lot of use out of a lot of random models I had. You know, it was just sort of fun. You you got to see the guys there. There's something tactical. I'd taken them off the map. Like, I killed this motherfucker. He gone now. <laughs> There's some fun stuff there. And, you know, so it's tough. You got to do that. Um, and some of the maps would be good, but I feel like in some ways, some of that, sure, you get more specific, but making it specific sort of takes away the fun of the imagination in a little bit. You know? But, you know, like I said, I haven't done a lot of it. I'd, I'd like to because I don't get a chance to role play much at all. But, you don't role uh, play your NPCs. I mean, I do, but it's not the same of actually getting to affect the story so much. Correct. That's the thing. That's the hell of a thing people don't realize as a GM. You give the framework of the story, but you don't actually get to affect the outcome so much as the players do. That's that's sort of the point. Is you're supposed to provide the framework for them to affect the story. That should always be the most important thing that the players are affecting the story. But, I mean, there's 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 something to say. Like I said, online, virtual, role-playing, fine. Mm, Go do it. Have fun. We're... Nobody's going to yuck on that yum. Exactly. I mean, we, we're not here to do that. We're just to, to talk about the differences. And, you know, there are certain times you've got friends you're really really want to play with like during covid if someone had said hey john i want to role play a game 
on the weekends, I'd be in. I would have been in. You know, my buddy Marshall has, you know, a great set, had a great setup for playing Marvel Crisis Protocol, you know, by camera with a guy. Marvel Marshall had all the models and be like, moving them, is this good? Like, yep, that's perfect right there. <laughs> you know, he had a three-camera setup. One was on the laptop showing his face. So if he needed to talk, he'd walk over and talk directly to that. He had a mic hooked up so that he could just walk wherever. He'd have an overhead view, and then he'd have a specific view. He could move around the table to see a closer view of what's going down. It was great. I told him, like, look, if you did that for a role-playing game, it would be great. He's like, yeah, I could, but it would kill all my hobbies. I'm like, yeah, that's not necessarily worth it, but someone could do that. That, I think, would be, like, the pinnacle of, of, of uh, you know, remote doing. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can do in person that don't hold the same. You're like, sure, you can have a cool dungeon online with whatever effect you want. But doesn't have the same necessary effect of getting like the Dragon Forge dungeon pieces and making a fucking dungeon. Oh, I did yeah. that once. It's fucking amazing. Super expensive if I had to pay for it myself, but very amazing. <laughs> you to play D and D a lot more than I do for that to be worth it. But yeah, there's some that you know could be good that way. Some that can't. There's a you know, Nick Smith's Tailspire. I don't even know what all these things are anymore. The most I use anymore is. I might use I used an online wiki for one of my games once. I might use it again for this game, just because it's a good way to uh, keep stuff together, keep your thoughts. I've got notebooks with stuff everywhere. But I mean, I'm a big. I've got a several battle maps. Be it uh, actually funny. All my normal battle maps are all hex based because champions always use hexes. Uh, but I also have these uh, dry erase tiles that are in squares that we use for a lot of things that are great. So he says, Chris, use Foundry for my online only group and archives of Nethys as a godsend for Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Fair enough? Yeah, I mean, there, there's said, There's a lot of good online tools, like back when we were doing D&D 4th Edition uh, a lot, like Wizards had their own thing you're making your characters print your cards that was a godsend because printing your cards you know it was like it's difficult i'm like yeah well, i mean i got used to writing my own cards but yeah fourth edition that's what we're playing for this only the best for my pcs actually they wanted it too so <laughs> um you know but uh there's some good online tools but you know also, you know, having to rely on them. Someone mentioned, uh, <laughs> uh, like, the, a group mentioned on Twitter, like, they got all together, they're ready to go, and then suddenly, you know, whatever the D&D site is, I forget the name off the top of my head right now. Beyond. Yeah, it was down. They're like, oh, we can't play. Well, that's a fucking problem. Yeah. <laughs> Mayhaps y'all should have copies of your characters physically, so just in case, you could still play like but that's sort of like the the problem with overlines like obviously yes if you if somebody's down internet or something like that you know we un, uh, it's understandable you can't play but if you're all there in person to play and this website's down stopping you from playing you done made a mistake <laughs> here to tell you not judge necessarily but tell you that's a mistake So, I your turn to talk. Well, you know, the next thing I was going to talk about is this mostly affects like people that have been playing for quite a while. And like me and you, 
one of the problems I had with a player um, that was playing in our group a long time ago is metagaming. Mm-hmm. And so we'd started this new campaign and such, and um, these characters were new to the world, et cetera, et cetera, brand new adventurers, you know, so on and so forth. And they had fought a troll. And they'd killed it. Yay! And then the guy goes, I'm going to burn it. Why? Because trolls... Oh. Yeah. Um, I'm going to see... I think my character would know that. I'm like, alright, your character's been living on a farm for the last, you know, XYZ years. Never had any dealings with this. And you think... That sounds like a straight-up intelligence roll to see if you remember someone <laughs> telling a story about that. Correct. And that's what we came down High to. High difficulty class. <laughs> and that's what it came down to was... Okay, um, I'm going to need you to roll. Do you have any knowledge that would help you? No? Okay, so it's just, you know, a intelligence check, blah, blah, blah. And the guy didn't get it, um, and he was very, very upset that we actually had to stop the game because he was like, I sh- these characters should know this. They're adventurers. I'm like, you're just starting out adventuring. Your character would not know this stuff. And um, Let me read your background, farmer. Farmer, right? Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and so, there was an old school thing. I don't necessarily suggest this. An old school thing that people would say that if you thought someone was metagaming, if they ever mentioned the stat of a monster from the monster manual, you changed that stat and made it worse or better for the party. Uh, yeah, worse for the party. Worse for the party. Yeah. <laughs> Every time they mentioned something, you just fucking changed it. Yeah. It, it, which um, is a very common thing for GMs to do. Yeah. Because they were like, Honestly, we did 20 points point. of damage to it. Why isn't it dead? I don't know. I guess it's beefy, not leafy. <laughs> beefy, not leafy. I've never heard that. That's pretty funny. I don't know. <laughs> um, but no, so yeah, if anyone ever did something like that, I'd be like, really? Okay. What's up? Um, one of the things, we're talking about it, 4th edition actually has all all their their lore skills and all the skills that affect lore like okay uh roll a uh you know whatever your monster lore is uh let's say you you got you got the uh, dungeoneering or whatever it is sure roll that not high enough okay you don't know that trolls are killed only by fire you never heard about that it's never come up you know? in anything it's just yeah yeah it happens i, I, I was just having to roll uh, luckily, most of my players are good about abiding by that. I had one guy who had so much knowledge, and he knew he'd have a hard time divesting himself from the knowledge, so he took skills to know the stuff. And I'm like, well, that's fair enough. Good. You know the stuff. That's good. No problem. But, I mean, literally, we had to... The game ended, and we couldn't play anymore. Because this person... I mean, I don't talk to that person any much or anymore anyway, but that was very weird. I'd never, I'd never had someone get that upset about a troll, not be able to kill a troll with fire because he thought he should know that as, you know, yeah, what, what are you worried about? The troll's going to wake up and try and kill you. Yeah. It's, it's not going to cut you down. Smart. It's going to wake up and be like, Nope, that was a fucking mistake. I'm going this way and find an easier prey. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, Nix is right. So it's, you know, the players are arguing from a position of player versus GM. And like, there's not a lot of hard, you know, hard rules in a role playing game, but the GM is always right. It's the correct answer. You talk to him afterwards, you got a problem. Maybe he'll do it. 
change it, but you know, don't you know? Ugh. Don't be a dick. Yeah. So Nick says he needs to stop troll because he's learned the GM 100. Use that to gotcha and kill the player. No. No. It's a bad GM. Like I've learned that by listening, and I really hate to throw these guys out there. Those old school J gamers who play, you know, old school D and D and all, and like D and D first edition's the fucking best. Like they're so DM versus player, it's fucking crazy sometimes. Yeah. Not all of them, by any stretch. But some of the vocal ones are all like, it's a tactical thing between player and gem. You want to do that, just fucking play Descent. Descent is basically a fucking role-playing game without the part that you don't like called the role-playing. <laughs> you get all the R-O-L-L playing, none of the R-O-L-E playing. And that's fine. That's that's finding the right game for you. And if you want to D&D that way and your your party wants to D&D that way, that's absolutely fine. Just don't fucking spout your bullshit on the internet like it's the fucking right way to play because it's not fucking right remember we had this discussion remember how to win what's the way you win a role-playing game you have fun i didn't listen to the whole article you fucking you show up you play you have fun you just won yeah <laughs> how to win it D&D. winning you got tiger blood good job yeah and, and I, it, 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 it it does get kind of hard and i would say as someone that has gm'd and stuff you're like oh i gotta keep my mouth shut but you should because you may have people that don't know this and you you don't want to story. ruin the event for everybody else. Yeah. So story time, me and Dave, uh, we were playing in the same uh Not Brushhead Dave? Yeah, not Brushhead Dave. Same through the uh, through the breach, Malifor role playing game campaign. Uh-huh. El Marshall was running it. Um and El Marshall was not really using the rules properly. So you know what we said? Fucking nothing. People were having fun. It was a good time. Who cares? Yeah. He would look at me, go, huh? Shrug, and I'm like, eh. I'm like, all right, fucking, let's go. <laughs> you know, it's not like he was trying to punish our characters. He was not doing anything like, oh, us against him. It's just he didn't necessarily read the whole rules or agree with them, and he just fucking rolling. I'm like, that's everyone was having a good time. So who cares, right? Yeah. It, it it just it, it, that that's a, one of the few times in my thing I was like, yeah, that's whoo, okay, that's toxic. So uh, Nixer also says he's learned from terrible GMs who play from a meat grinder adversarial position and doesn't trust the GM not to use everything to kill the players. Spoiler: DM once the player's dead, they're dead. Oh yeah, they're. Uh, if there was a bigger chance for conversation, it could be an opportunity to break down the trust issue. Explain that you're not going to gotcha the party. If the troll gets up again, it's going to be a chance to learn with the PCs or have a bigger story, etc. Yeah, there's. You know. I mean, if you're if you're like, let's say you were hired to kill the troll, you kill him, you come back, haha, and they're like, oh, it's still bothering us. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, you you can make that, that into the story. Mystery. <laughs> yeah. Like, why this is this current long running Pathfinder Second Edition campaign was me rescuing a group from one of those horrible DMs? Yeah, there's a lot out there. Remember, back in the day when there wasn't a lot of easy communication, you just played with whatever DM you could get. I was one of the rare people who uh, would, if the DM was not good, I'd be like, uh, thank you for your time. I'm no longer interested in playing. Oh, yeah. I've, I've no problem. That's actually why I started playing board games. I was never really a board gamer at all. But uh, the guy running the Robotech role-playing game was fucking terrible at the local gaming club. So I went over and hung out with my cousin, and they were all playing uh, fucking Advanced Civilization. I'm like, well, fuck it. Teach me this game. You guys got rules you're following. I mean, not being stupid looks like it'll at least be more interesting. 
Since he was an adversarial jerk bag, we put together an eight-page document that broke down what we're having issues with, and he disregarded all of it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, you just got to cut those people loose. Honestly, more good GMs have come from having had that experience than taken over a group, and they've kicked that GM out, and just more good has come from that. I think. Oh, I want to say more good has come from that than bad. You know, everyone sees the bad, and then new GM comes in. And you know what makes a new GM feel good? Is that they're taking over someone who is shit, and it doesn't matter if they're learning. Everyone's like, this is way more fun because he's not trying to fucking just murder us all. Yeah. You know, we can do that murder, y'all. And what that's called? That's called a war game. <laughs> you know? That's why we play miniature games, to murder each other. In a role-playing game, we're trying to tell a, cooperatively tell a story. Now, the GM sets the, the, the basic stance of that and all, but... It's up for him to set the pace and let the players guide the story, like I said earlier. You know, like I said, Bane and I came up with a full-fledged background character immediately before he had the full character. I'm like, well, that's going to be a big part of the campaign now because someone came prepared with, like, he had to be a big, bad, evil guy. Like, all right, cool. I guess that's the big bad now. BBG! I mean, he gave me... He handed me, like, hey, John, here's a platter with a whole bunch of instant campaign. Like, I will take that, sir. Let's serve this up. <laughs> that's part of what it is. I mean, you know, we're getting a little far from that, but uh, from the topic. But um, if your players serve you up some good, good stuff, use it. Oh, yeah. Nothing makes the players feel better than you using what they drop. Like, when they're like, oh, my God, look, look at this cool plan John came up with. I, I figured out the big bad evil guy's plan. Is it actually the plan? Probably not. Should it now be the plan? Probably. Depending on how far. Makes them feel good. They've figured out the plan. Or you make it part of it. Like, oh, I did. Oh my god, I got to the right, the right place for the wrong way. <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, sometimes I wish I wasn't watching my dudes get absolutely turbo dumpstered and around, but at the same time, it makes me talk for weeks about the boss battle with a single round because they did so well. Absolutely. I mean, I tell the story lots of time of us playing uh, one of the, the uh, fourth edition D&D &D, uh, adventures. And one of the encounters was with the Avatar Orcus. And he was supposed to do all this cool monologuing and bullshit to the Avatar of fucking the Raven Queen on his initiative. Which never came. Well, <laughs> it came. He just was not actually in the land of the living anymore. <laughs> so at that point, I can fudge hit points. But they'd done so many hit points, they'd kind of probably know. So instead, fuck it. I just had him kill it, and they I worked it out another way. Well, that little page is gone. Throw that away. Let's just fucking wing it. <laughs> yeah, and Bane's still salty about that. He didn't get to touch him. <laughs> Four but... PCs, one rounded an Avatar Orcus, and one of those was a leader, so technically he didn't do a lot of damage himself. But, I mean, it's one of those things, you know. Uh, sometimes it's more important, you know. Yeah, sometimes killing the PC is good because they'll talk about it. Sometimes it's bad. You should avoid it because it's just bad luck. Like, you don't want a PC to die from just bad luck. You want it to be either they purpose they, they purposely wanted to die, they made really bad tactical decisions. You don't want it to be bad luck or you got you fucked up how bad the encounter should be. Those two should not be the way you kill people. That is when you start fudging shit. Yeah, and it's it's always we had our session zero uh, last Saturday, and or, or yeah, 
Saturday, and I was like, uh, not yesterday, but the day, the week before, and I was like, I will try not to kill you unless it's a stupidity reason or you know tactical or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I will also not space cow you. And they were like, "What space cow?" And I'm like, "Well, you're just walking along, and then a giant cow falls on you, and you die." Oh, rocks fall, everybody dies. Yeah, we call it space cow. That's what that's what's um, gone for us for a long time. It's called space cowing. Oh, we call it rocks fall, everybody dies. <laughs> no, you always give them a chance out of it. All that. Yeah, but. give them a chance. Let them try to do it. If they fuck up. That's a whole different story. And, and, that, and that's a player fuck up. When you, when someone player goes, hey, I am going to creep through Strahd's chamber by myself. Don't do anything, no matter what you hear. And I'm going to try to stab Strahd in the back. Okay. It's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see how that plays out. <laughs> Here's, you know. Roll it. Yeah. <laughs> Here, here's where they're going to meet. And this is your fucking around and find out meter. <laughs> yeah. So, um, before we get to the last little bit of your topic, I remember you want to do, I say like a lot of this stuff is where you watch the professional quote unquote, um, actual play games, watch the dimension 20, watch the crit roll and look at how they handle stuff like that. That's where you really learn from them. The role playing and the voices and all that—that's because these guys are fucking professionals. Yeah, that'll happen. Don't worry about that. Listen to like I watched one production twenty where a guy rolled a natural twenty perception test and basically sees it's a fucking trap, but his character's dumb, wouldn't realize it's a trap, and would have fallen for it anyway. So he just role plays his way through it and falls to the trap anyways. That's the kind of thing you need to learn from them. You know how to do that kind of role playing. Don't require any extra. It's the well, my character would do it anyways because I wouldn't understand that. Go. That's for the that that's what you should learn from those guys. That ec, those moments of extreme role playing, let's say. And the... Uh, but the last one you mentioned was you want to talk about you know uh, you talk about meta meta gaming a little bit, which we want to frown upon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have a a, a frank discussion on IPT too, and then um, side conversations and stuff. It's actually easy in player knowledge. It's actually easier players. Players should know not to use the knowledge they have that their characters don't have. Correct. And most are going to learn that real quick. And you can explain it like you don't have that knowledge. You have that knowledge. Your character does not. People usually get that pretty quick. If not, you can make it more apparent. Like, you can't act on that knowledge. You don't have it. Yeah, I mean, and, and you should be playing as the character, not as the knowledge of your that's a person. That's a, bot, that, that's a mid-level role-playing move. Yeah, think about we think we we're all veterans at fucking this point. Like I can't even joke. Like I'll jokingly say I'm still beginner painter, but fucking I can't say that about role-playing. I'm role-playing for fucking ever. You know, we know what's character knowledge and what's player knowledge. We know how to divorce that, but the but the person coming in doesn't necessarily know that. I've had people who would walk out of the room like, oh, this doesn't involve me. I'm going to walk out because I don't want to know what's going on. That's cool. If you want to do that, that helps you. Um, but also that's sort of like the, the side discussions. Like, I don't care if players discuss on the side as long as they're noting when it's their turn and not asking me questions about what happened because they weren't fucking paying attention. Correct. If you yeah. get those two out of the way, I don't care. If you start not paying attention or you start napping on my couch because uh, it's not your turn, fuck right the fuck off. <laughs> get out my fucking door. I've done that once. 
So well, you're not engaging me. I gave you a chance to engage. You decided to go back to your club and do fucking nothing. Right. The fuck out. <laughs> um, and also, I mean, in the day and age of cell phones and all that, we were checking them a lot. Usually it's a good thing. Just you have to have your cell phone on you because you've got to be ready for anybody to call. Blah, blah, blah. Because life is shit, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm going to tell you, here to tell you. Much of my life, I did not have a cell phone near me, and I got along just fucking okay. But you understand what I'm saying? Yes. As, especially if you're waiting for a phone call, just kind of try, set it to the side, turn it, you know, face down. Tell them not to call while you're role playing. This is important business, son. <laughs> Who <laughs> calls is... you anyways? Everybody texts Who anyways. Nobody, nobody calls right, yeah. now. Everybody texts. But yeah. just let stuff know. I mean, just be in the moment. Be there. Be it. Have you should fun. know what's going on in relation to your character. Banyan is great at checking his phone real quick, but knowing what's going on because he's listening to what's going on and has a basic idea of what's going on. He doesn't necessarily involve his character, but the parts that do involve his character, so he knows when it's, he's up. Yeah, you I mean, if, if I have to constantly repeat myself because you're playing on your phone, I'm yeah. Slap that phone out of their hand. Whoosh, fuck yeah. that. <laughs> what you doing? Have fun. Play games, etc., etc. I mean, we've lost, and I don't say we've lost, but we haven't had a chance to socialize and play like this in a long time. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a little different for people to get along and and do this stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it because this is how I, I have so many tales of role playing at the table. Very few at, you know, on the internet. I've done light internet games, so I mean, I've done Chickens in the Mist. <laughs> just from an all day uh, paying for John if anyone's interested it was fucking weird as it sounds uh, then my cousin John ran a uh, a traveler game that I got to play part of but didn't get to finish unfortunately other than that I haven't really played online I've done some play by post and play by emails and old BBS's or through email and all that were interesting but none of them were really they were more because they didn't have a chance to play otherwise you know but... that being said be ready to start new things you know, if you, something comes up and you're like, like I got offered to jump in a, a Mech Warrior role-playing game. Uh, it just happened to be on Monday nights back when I was streaming Monday nights. I'm like, I can't stream Monday nights. Nowadays, I might be like, well, maybe the BC do I have a chance. I don't stream anymore. As long as it's not Sunday night, I might have the opportunity. <laughs> um, before we go to media section, you can rant for a bit because I have to pee like a racehorse. John's got to go pee. He drank too much. Um <laughs> But guys, remember, you're there for the experience. You're there to hang out with people. You're there. And I know that we've, you know, a lot of people don't like that interaction with other people. I tell you, you're going to make some of the greatest friends. You're going to have a lot of fun talking to people. You're going to have a lot of good times. And, you know, sitting down and eating and just BSing with each other for a bit is really, really good. It is very cathartic, more than you think it is. And there's no pressure. It's, hey, I brought this. You want to try this? Or I brought that. Or, hey, did anybody bring this? And then everybody gets together. And you're like, all right, we've caught up. We've socialized. We found out, you know, X, Y, Z. And then you sit down and you get the role play and you go over things. You're like, hey, um, everybody got their character. Anybody any questions about last game session? Anybody got any questions about this game session? Anybody want to bring up anything? And then you're like, all right, and we go. And you get there and you have a good time playing. And I mean, there is something to say about hanging out at the tabletop, whether you like it or not. Um, there's something about just sitting there and chunking dice 
face to face. I miss it so much. So I'm really, really looking forward. I'm actually going to be making my world famous cheesecake and taking it. Um, as long as you get some from Izzy, it's okay. She's already been said she couldn't have any. Um, you know, she has a lactose intolerance and all that stuff, so she just can't have it. Um. <laughs> Hold on. Count down until that chat shows One, up in the uh, chat two, room there. Three. <laughs> <laughs> Mizzy, I'm trying to watch your back. Can you see what he's doing here? <laughs> For me, no, Mizzy came with a big old fuck you. Um yeah. On there, but there's a, there's a four second delay from when we talk to when they get to respond, so I always count it down waiting. But yeah. I mean, is it, there there is something to say about hanging out and doing anything in front face to face? Pandemic, we understood, we got it. It's been a resurgence of role playing. Great, I love that. I want to be face to face with people and chunk dice. I want to get together, yeah. bring food socialize and this is a whole new you know group of people uh, that i'm getting to know and learn and become friends with and so on and so forth so it, you know me i'm you know the flittering butterfly hey 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 you know trying to you know, learn everybody and become friends with everybody so i'm looking forward to it <laughs> absolutely so um don't metagame have a good time chill relax Make it a good social event. Make it a good story. I've already got my basic plot line written down of how things are going to go. And then we're going to go from there. I'm really looking forward to it. So let's get to that media section. Because I know John says he watched 10 different things this week. Three movies. Three movies. Bitch. 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 I, I wanted to go over some stuff. I didn't watch a lot, um, but there was a few things I did watch. I'm still watching. So there's this show. Airbase was um, uh, the one physical 100. Sorry, my brain turned off for a second. Uh, where it's a Korean show about physical strength and all these people doing these physical things on Netflix. It's a fun little show. Get to know these characters. It's it's nice to watch. And see and do stuff. And so I was like, yay, it was kind of cool. Uh, the season ends next week. And so I'm kind of looking forward to it. It's been pretty decent. Um, just a good, sure. just turn your brain off. Watch watch some really, really buff motherfuckers do some really cool shit. And I'm like, yeah, that, yeah. No, I couldn't do that. <laughs> so it's, it's a good, it's a good turn your brain off, have a good time type show. So other than that, John, what's your first movie? My first movie is uh, I went to watch uh, YouTube one day. I think it was this week or maybe late last week. So I started and YouTube wasn't working. I was pissed. So I started watching a movie. I think it was early this week, actually. Um, so I went on Amazon Prime. I'm like, what do I got? Oh, here, The Running Man. Let's watch The Running Man. Oh, man. I'll start quick so I can watch a bit, a bit of it with, uh, with dinner, then go away and come back and watch later. And man, that movie still holds up just as good as it did when it came out. That's uh that was very interesting when it came out. Look, that's a movie that's built perfectly. You've got one star, Arnold, then you've got a bunch of character actors or up and comers. Uh the female uh, Maria Cachito Alonso was up and coming at that point. Uh an unknown Richard Dawson. 
from Family Feud, for those of you who know. And it's based off a book, but quick and simple premise, and it just fucking goes. And it's fucking great. Like, people sort of badmouth it for a bit, but it's actually one of Arnold's more enjoyable movies because it never... It's rated R, but it never takes itself too seriously. No. It has serious subject matter. It's doing what sci-fi is supposed to do. Worry about this fastest bullshit. Funny how that's all relevant now. <laughs> um, and then, you know, it, important notes of how the media lies to you. There's a lot of important sci-fi things in here that are actually really interesting, but it's all framed in a fun, if gory, framework. I mean, and definitely, it is probably the most... We've just got Arnold and then a bunch of character actors. Let's go. Because, I mean, you've got fucking uh, Yafet Kodo in it. Sven uh, Oleg Thorson's in it for a little bit. Um, Mick Fleetwood is in it. Weasel <laughs> Zappa. Yeah. They're just pulling people out of the woodwork. Like, just random people. Okay, cool. Um, Jim Brown's in it. It's just random people, but it's just enjoyable. Arnold alternates between some of the best and cringiest one-liners ever. But it's just fun to watch. Yeah. I enjoy the crap out of it. I think it's one of his more easy-to-watch, enjoyable comfort movies. Um, I have Hemden Hall in the rating. I'm going to give it one because it does show its age a little bit, but most of the graphics are... Most of the stuff it does is... Um, fucking actual real stuff. He had to split. That's ex <laughs> the, the Sub Zero one. I'm not so not sure if it's a good or terrible. Here lies Sub Zero. Now, Plane Zero. <laughs> like, I, is that good or bad? I don't know. But I mean, all the practical effects are great. They do it for most of the stuff. It's just enjoyable, you know. Richard Dawson fucking does a great job in it. Like, you would not expect a game show host, only pretty much done game show hosting, to come in and do such a great job. But he was great. Um, so, yeah, I give it one space for just because it is a bit cheesy through the majority of it. But it's eminently watchable, and I fucking enjoy it. Um, something I wanted to come up is, so we're in the middle of canceling renewing seasons of a lot of shows. Yeah. Um, it's, this is our time. And so Wednesday got a second season. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and so some of the shows I did watch that I did enjoy, uh, let the right one in did not get renewed. I was not surprised by that. Um, it was a very, you know, niche type thing, you know, whatever, but it was, it, it, it was a bad show. It's just, I was like, nah, this is not going to get renewed. There's Some not enough are, there. Some are too niche. There's just not enough, yeah. not enough people who have interest in watching it. Yeah. I know, I'm pretty sure the ratings were pretty horrible on it. Uh, or the viewership, I should say. Not the ratings, also, the viewership. I feel like they need to stop doing cancel renew. They go like, okay, we're not doing a second season at this time. You can always go and like, oh, look, it's expanded later. And just then go like, we'll do a second season then. Yeah. Do it BBC style. The fucking the BBC style is the best way of doing it. We've done a season. How many episodes? As many as we need to tell the story. Yep. Then eventually, maybe we'll come back in another season. Or we'll just let it fucking go. Um, other things. Disney Plus canceled the Mysterious Benedict Society, which I think I said last year. Or last week. Last year. Um, last week, oh, which I was... I have heard of that. Uh, I, it, 
it it actually went for two seasons, and it actually ended decently. Uh, there was a little cliffhanger, but you kind of saw it. But eh, I'm not surprised that it didn't go anywhere. Um, of course, The Last of Us is renewed. Big shocker, right? Um, I mean, but no one likes that. Yeah, nobody. <laughs> um, now, I did do a review of the show The Recruit, which was about a CIA lawyer um, and doing stuff. And I was really shocked. It got renewed. I was like, oh. dang, okay. I'm happy. I'll go ahead and, you know, I'll, now, I'll, I'll keep it on a, my list. There's a mystical art to the fact that some of these series are very cheap and thus it is cheaper to renew them than, yeah. you know, than other series. So that's important to note. Yeah. Uh, big yeah. shocker. Titans and Doom Patrol is ending after its next season. Uh, I think that's also, I think it's because more, less of the quality. Correct. Or viewership and more of they want to do a combined universe. Correct. Finally. Yeah. They're, they're, it, it, it's part of the, the reboot, pretty much. Yeah. It had nothing to do with whether they were good or bad. Yeah, um, no. and, and sometimes it happens. Sometimes there's more to control. Less less about whether they're good or bad, more to do with just politics and money. Yeah. Uh, of course, my whole Mighty Ducks Game Changers got canceled. Damn it. I actually enjoyed that. That was actually a fun show. It was actually pretty decent. I love kids sports shows and, you know, underdogs kids sports shows. Uh, but I'm not surprised if things it's don't. It's a little derivative to get a wider audience. Correct. Um, watch Ted Lasso. I can need to do that next paycheck when it hits. Just, oh, just Ted Lasso is so good. And watch Ted Lasso. I cannot wait to for the new season of Ted Lasso. That I, I've actually watched that see watched that show and series twice because it's so right? good. Yes, I believe so. All every clip is gold. Oh yeah, it, it, it's. I'm like I'm jonesing for the next season. I'm like, and and it's just so good. Someone posted on Twitter, name the best Roy's, and you know. Roy Rogers and all that. And then it's like, you've got Roy Kent. And I'm like, all right, that's fair. <laughs> he's here. He's there. He's every fucking where. Um, a lot of shows are being canceled just because they just didn't do good. Um, yeah, and I mean, a lot of people didn't show up or a lot of people didn't do anything. And, and, and so that's just how it is. Uh, some places are canceling too quickly in my opinion, but not uh, okay. Just, I'm just gonna let it slide. Uh, but it's hard to get invested into a show nowadays if it's not going to be around for more than one season. Um, which comes up, there's a show called Poker Face. It's on Peacock. Um, and it got renewed for another season. I'm like, okay, I was interested in the show. Now I'll give it a chance. Because if it's getting a second season, I'll be kind of interested in it. Um, it does look like uh, Willow may have gotten a season two, or it's it's looking good for a season two yeah it's still in limbo i haven't so there's yeah. a website by the way there's a website called is my show canceled two l's in the canceled um and it you know gives like hey this is the new shows coming out this month or this week this is the new things coming out if that's you actually watch why it. i brought up wednesday there's a lot of clickbait ones that show wednesday we saying netflix canceled a bunch of shows and i'm like yeah they can't they couldn't have canceled wednesday that seems stupid yeah no um like, like you go to the main page, uh, today's TV tidbits, Naked and Afraid starts today, which I always think that's an interesting show to watch. Um, but then like, oh, American Idol premieres. Oh, fucking who cares? Fucking who cares? Everything. The, the interesting thing that I'm seeing about this is reality TV shows are being renewed 
They're cheap. And then regular good TV shows are just being canceled. And I'm like, I get it. I understand. They're expensive. Yeah, they're more expensive. You have to have writers, et cetera, et cetera. But. Well, this is why the important thing is, I know sometimes I like to let series go for a bit and then watch them all. You need to watch them soon after they release, as soon as you can. Yes. So that they the company realizes, no, this is getting views. Yeah. <clears throat> you got... That's the only way they know. Yeah. Got to watch it. Got to get into it. Um, there was you one. Have to watch it weekly. Like if, if the last week or the last two weeks, you're like, okay, I can watch them all one a day, which is my preferred method to watch one a day. Yeah. If if that last week you can just go through and go, okay, cool, watch one a day or that the week before, and get through it all in time, that's perfect because then they're like, okay, this person's late, but they're here watching them all while it's releasing. Yeah. Um, the Nevers got canceled by HBO, which I'm not surprised because it they haven't talked about it in forever and. It was all part of the Josh Wheaton problems. And I was like, dang it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's ever going to be back. It's. He just. He done fucked up. He did. Yeah. So I was like, eh, okay, that sucks. But I mean, th- and that's just kind of how it is. It, it, watch it when it comes out. Yep. And I, I, I'm with John. There are certain shows that I think should have come out weekly. And I really think, honestly, all shows come out weekly or, you know, on a time frame because it's, I posted this to John and it was interesting. Uh, someone says the last of us has finally figured out how to do a good water cooler TV show. And when they yeah. say water coolers, cause everybody gets done watching it and everybody's texting and typing and talking to each other, either yeah. that or go back to the office and they talk about it. And it's part of the culture again. Yeah, you, you want it to be, you get to watch, and I want to see the last up, ep- the next episode. But that's why I usually wait until enough are out that I can watch it a day, you know, one a day, because I'm not necessarily that weekly thing. We, our schedules are too fucking crazy nowadays. Correct. You know, I want that show that I can go like, okay, I'm just gonna watch one episode a day, and just get done. Maybe around the same time the season finale comes out, just so I'm not behind, because the internet spoils everything too. Yeah. Thanks, internet. Thanks, internet. But. I mean, and there's some shows you got to kind of have to watch it. Just like I said, some people are going to spoil the shit out of it because it's all out. And I have a feeling the last season of Stranger Things was coming up. I'm probably going to binge watch the entire thing because I know that I'm not going to get anywhere with it. And it's going to, and, and I'm, I'm going to enjoy it behind. I've only watched the first episode because <laughs> it, they were long. Yeah. You can't keep making like there's a reason hour long TV became a thing. Yeah. When you exceed an hour. You're not TV anymore. You're a fucking movie. And you have to realize, you've got bloat. I'm perfectly happy with watching an hour and 15 if every episode is just all content. But the first episode of season, the last season of Stranger Things was not all content. There was a little fat there they could have trimmed. You know? And sometimes you got to do that. We, we had a talk in the uh, preview ramble about... Uh, um, you know, deleted scenes and shit from stuff that would have changed the entire fucking uh, movie and all. <laughs> you know, sometimes you gotta do that though. Anyways, um, on top of that, uh, Picard came back. Picard came back. Uh, started last week. Uh, the newest season. So, um, I looked good. The trailer I saw yeah, looked really sure. good. But that second season just didn't hit me. Like, no. the beginning of it didn't hit me well enough to continue it. I will at some point. 
maybe I'll do it my before I go to bed watching, but just not excited anymore. The first season was fresh, and then this season felt sort of, it, like I said, out of place. The content was a lot of place for the time it was coming out. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. I'm interested in it. I'm going to watch episode one. See if it's um, yeah, good and, and get into it. And they are giving all those characters a proper send off now. Yeah. Like Data got his proper send off in season one. They're going to give all those older characters a proper send off, which is cool. Yeah. Everyone deserves a proper send off. I don't care what you say. Star Trek Nemesis was not a proper send off. <laughs> uh, Banyan, yes, the last episode of Last of Us was a gut punch. Good, but a gut punch. Um,. We'll have to just see how everything else is going with that show. Uh, as soon as I'm done here, I'm going to go watch the newest episode of that. Um, so, so, your next movie? My second movie. I'm going to do this out of order. This is a movie I just watched last night with Banyan. Okay. I'm sitting down for dinner. I want to watch something. Not something too long. I don't want time for like a two-hour, 15-minute movie. I want to get something. But I want to watch something. So, flip through Netflix. I'm like, oh, the first Resident Evil movie. Yeah, I'll fucking watch that again. I haven't <laughs> seen that in a long time. No, that... Holds up pretty well. Mostly practical effects. I mean, the computer generated stuff is a little out of date. Some of the effects are a little rough, but most of it has pretty well. It's good. Still like the story. It's still a good, you know, horror suspense action. Just solid. I mean, for a while there, it was probably one of the best uh, uh, video game movies. Oh, yeah. Gets the feel of the series. It's a good setup for the next one. And I think the first two of those are the only ones you ever need to watch. <laughs> they jump the zombie after that, and you probably shouldn't watch the rest of them. They get a little knuck and futz. But no, enjoyable. Mila Jovich is doing well. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez is showing why she kept getting more and more movies. Because like Fast and the Furious, she was not. She was there, but she wasn't really acting much. This, you actually get a little bit of range from her. You get some of her charisma. It's... So why she keeps getting keeps kept getting roles, which is good. Um, reasonably coherent story, very interesting the way they place it. Um, it's definitely worth a watch. I'm gonna give it one and a half because some of the effects don't hold up so well. They're old. I mean, it's like what 2000 ish, 2001 probably. Let's just say it's an older movie, so it doesn't necessarily <laughs> hold up super well, but. Uh, When did it come out? 2002. It's 21 years old. It is old enough to fucking drink just about. So, but no, still definitely worth it. Um, but again, like I said, after the second one, I would suggest skipping the rest because it just became more and more of Mila Jovovich being way a badass and probably a little silly. Yeah. But enjoy it. I don't want to spoil too much. I mean, it's probably pre-spoiled, but... It is a decent suspense horror action movie. One and a half space reprises, like I mentioned beforehand. Gonzo? Um, let's see. Um, I did put a few things on my list. Um, there was a new cartoon. My dad's a bounty hunter or something. Uh, which look, I look like. I kind of... trailer for that. I'm like, okay. okay. Yeah, it looked kind of neat, kind of fun. Sure. I can deal with that. Um, and then, uh, what was the other one? Um, I've been wanting to see it. Uh, oh gosh, I forgot it. Uh, the Woman King. Uh, looked like it would be interesting. Uh, wanted to see. I don't know if it's going to be. But, I mean, 
It's free. It's on Netflix. I'm not going to argue. <laughs> free, free is good. I will watch a ton of movies for free. Yes, and try stuff out. Um, but movies and shows are starting to come back, so it'll be interesting to see what pops up. Like I said, there hasn't been a lot on my list. Um, I am almost finished with the new season of Vox Machina. Not impressed with this season. Um, I was impressed with last season. Yeah, there. I mean, there is some cringy parts. I'm just like, really. And yeah, then I mean, I'm like, but, but I, there, the, the story was okay. Cringe is a problem. Yeah, you can't just keep piling cringe on. Like when I think about She-Hulk, that was the thing: is things would get just the edge of cringe, and I'd be like, eh, and then they'd back off. But you still wanted to walk up that far. Yeah. Um, the story in season one was pretty decent. I, I got into it. I understood it. I, I got it. I was fine. Season two, the story just kind of has fallen flat for me right now. So I'm just like, mm. now I'm, I think I'm like uh, an episode and a half to finish. And the story is finally, finally interesting, but it's kind of like. Mm. What are we doing for the rest of the episodes? Yeah. We could have had some more fun with that. It just yeah. kind of trailed off. Um so I'm still happy that that stuff hit on so big. D&D is getting widespread. Movies coming out this year. We'll totally go see it in the theater. That we'll have to reschedule once or twice because not everyone can make it the first time. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a D&D joke. It's a D&D joke. <laughs> but. That was a joke grenade, everyone. I just pulled the pin and threw that at Gonzo. Waiting for it to explode. And I uh, got it. And yeah. threw it back at you. Um. But I mean, there's there's things are coming back out. Things are showing up. There just hasn't been anything that I've been. Last of Us is the one that I'm I'm always look forward to it because it's one my favorite one of my favorite video games of all time. And two, this is just hitting right off. But I mean, we have the Mandalorian coming out pretty soon. Totally uh, interested in that. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm totally interested in that. To see where they go with it. Well, mentioned earlier, Quantumania. I actually wish to go see. I'll try and go see in the theater this week. Wouldn't mind seeing that, but I mean, there isn't anything new. I'm, I'm going to say that returning wise, I'm okay with, but there isn't anything, a new series that I'm looking forward to or anything that just kind of like steps out and makes me go, man, I can't wait till this shows up. I don't follow it enough to, let's say put some hardcore advertising in it. I don't see it. And mm -hmm. I wait for someone to say something like, how about this? But then again, I'm so far in the hole in series. I don't, I, <laughs> I could get fired today and spend all my time watching TV and it would take me probably a good month or two to catch the fuck up. Oh yeah. It's just, there hasn't been anything. I, I realized that today while looking at, you know, what shows that were canceled and such. And I was like, man, there's like nothing that I'm like super, super excited yeah. about. I'm not going to do it, but calling in sick tomorrow and just watching TV sounds great. <laughs> well, maybe you should do that. You got no, no sick time. should not. <laughs> yeah. a long story but shit would go to hell shit would go to hell hell would go to shit when i call in sick i still have to work oh yeah been there done yeah. that so anyways it sounds fun but no so we got lots of stuff coming out yeah just nothing nothing new nothing brand new i did find it interesting that uh the producers and the developers and all the people i don't remember who it was director of halo goes shit last of us set the bar pretty high we're going to pull it out and do a really awesome season and i'm like cool show uh, me a good i'll another. be honest i actually really liked halo yeah i'm not saying anything you know bad about it but i'm like they're going shit okay i mean aside from it breaking the core tenets of a, of a movie like that of a series like that where master chief takes his helmet off a lot but I understand it's hard to. So, 
maybe mini rant. I probably have no full rant, but morning <laughs> rant is the reason that Master Chief is cool because he's your character. You don't need to take the helmet off because you can project yourself as Master Chief. Correct. Same reason why Snake Eyes is most popular. Joe's because you can project yourself as Snake Eyes, and why he wasn't as popular in the movies and all because you don't project yourself as that. But uh, taking it off, you need to do that for the character to emote well. Judge Dredd, Carl Urban had the bonus of having his jaw visible, and he could emote with that, and he's very good at that. So I understand why they did it, but thing. But yeah, no, Art of Michael Avoy is correct. And then there was that Mario Kart trailer. <laughs> that Mario Kart trailer was chef's kiss. Fucking great. I love that people started immediately, you know, protesting like you need to get uh, what uh, Chris Pratt off of the fucking Mario movie and let fucking uh, Pablo Pascal do it, Pedro Pascal do it instead. Like, that's awesome. Uh, but so my other movie, my last movie is actually a movie I haven't seen before. Oh, I heard a lot of chatter about it on Twitter. So I figured I'd give it a shot when I was looking through stuff to watch. It's Ambulance, which is a Michael Bay movie. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and a bunch of I don't know people. Uh, let me just say it's very Michael Bay. Wearing as there's a lot of characters going along with it, and they're all pretty quirky, and as such, feel kind of like real characters, even if they are a bit exaggerated. Um, it was very interesting. It was definitely a fucking wild ride, like I'd heard. <laughs> and... There's a lot of Michael Bay stuff, but he actually does some really good. And the way it was thrown to me is people were like, no one's doing drone camera work with Michael Bay. And he really does. There's some scenes with, you know, during the car chases, the drones going forward and you get in the car view from a drone. That is just fucking great. Um, and overall, it's a solid movie. I do enjoy it. I don't really spoil it. It's got some twists and turns in it. Um, but it is basically like speed, but it's an ambulance instead at the end. Ted Lasso returns March 15th. Oh, cool. I mean, bad call in the middle of uh, Mandalorian, but okay. Sorry. Still. <laughs> I said, okay. it, an ad popped up as I was looking up what the the ambulance was. <laughs> I never heard of it. But no, it was, it was, it was enjoyable. Do not, do not regret watching it at all. Has some amusing stuff in it. Uh, even some of the minor characters get, uh, the extra characters get an arc in it. And uh, I'd give it, uh, you know, one, one and a half space herpes. It is still a Michael Bay action movie, so it is inherently going to be flawed, as most Michael Bay stuff is. Uh, but he's got, he's got a style and it works. Uh, I maybe liked it about as much as I liked Six Underground. But it felt a bit more concise, not like they're setting up a larger series. Six Underground set up like felt like they were starting to set up a series. This feels like a proper one-off beginning, middle, and end. And I enjoyed it. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime for free. Give it a watch. Best pipe. Yeah. Um, I also watched uh, Clarkson's Farm, which is okay. Jeremy Clarkson being a farmer, season two. Um, which was oh, interesting. Was Jeremy Clarkson being a douche, but I thought that again, that's everything. Isn't that's it? everything. Well, I found out, you know, they canceled Clarkson's farm. They're going to give him season three. Cause I guess they were already filming it, but then they canceled it after this, um, due to his behavior. But what yeah. I, what I thought was interesting, what's interesting about the whole series is not him and the farming. It's the politics and the rules and laws behind farming. 
that are the the big thing. Um, like he wants to open up a restaurant at his farm. Well, he has to get the city council to approve it, and the city council can just say no, and they don't have to give a reason. And then he has to go, you know, to the state and try to figure out and have them do it. It was interesting. I, I like the supporting characters and people in the show and the rules and laws governing about farming because they talk about the Brexit and EU changes and all this stuff. And you know, it, it, you're like, well, shit, fuck that. I wouldn't want to be a farmer if I had to go through all these rules and regulations type thing. And I know we have it over in the States too, but it was just interesting to see it from that side of the view. Um, is it, it's, it's an all right show, but I mean, I'm, I'm more into the educational aspect and some of the other characters than anything else. Um, but we'll get a season three and that'll be it. Cause Jeremy Clarkson was a douche and he's, can't keep he's his mouth ass. shut. Yeah. He's an asshole. Yeah, he's an ass. This is just it. Yeah. No one watching anything with him in it. Like, it's not like he presents uh, something that's not an ass. You know, he's an ass. Mm-hmm. You can tell. It's just that you don't realize the side that he's that much of an ass. Yeah. So, just leave it as it is. Um, Which also... It's good that that someone gets an ending, you know? I'm a big fan of series getting a chance to end what they're doing. Because otherwise we're left without an ending. And it's a problem. I wish there was... You know, you talk about that. I wish there was, like, some, like, rules and regulation that they're allowed to film two endings to a season... One if they get renewed and one if they don't get renewed. But they knew that they were getting renewed before. But that'll never happen. But it would be nice. I always said if I wrote a series, I'd be like, all right, in my contract, I'm totally going to have, I get X seasons. Or at the very least, I get whatever we're paying for. But if you don't renew me, I get a chance to make a, you know, two-hour made-for-TV style movie that lets me close up shit. Yeah. Uh, All right. I don't... Because the worst thing is is, peop- is stories that just don't have an end. Yeah. You know, they're so interested in the... And I hate to say it, this sounds terrible, but it's true. They're so interested in the money of it, they forget the artistry of it. You know, it's to have a story. You're expecting a story to have a beginning, middle, and end. Sometimes you just get beginning and middle, you don't get the end. Uh, you know, we all lament Firefly ending, but Firefly at least feels concise in the series. There's a bunch correct. of things left out there, but there's no looming cliffhanger and then they actually had a movie to finish up most of it too but even if they hadn't there was no looming cliffhanger it's just these people are going off doing their thing you know uh, some wanted to say something oh, yeah Rathu uh, yeah, what Americans paying attention to European agricultural politics that is not something I'd expect on <laughs> not on this no, channel no, but no, no, it was Gonzo paying attention to European agricultural politics is a difference yeah I'm, I, I'm a worldly man <laughs> I just no, it was very weirdo. Yeah, I'm weirdo too. Weirdo. weirdo. But I just thought it was very interesting because yeah. uh I mean I live around a lot of farms and a lot of farmland and a lot of farmers and I hear about uh you know some of the laws and regulations around here and so I you know it was very interesting to learn about that and to learn that you know eight people that sit around that rule a, that are a council on the town can just say fuck you no and I'm like Really? Yeah. Because I can start sure up a business. He's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they, they did make a point in when they were talking to him. It says, you're not a farmer. You're a media personality. 
And I was like, mm, yeah, they, they got him there. They got him there? Yeah. I mean, although he is trying and, you know, doing yeah. stuff. But, I mean, his livelihood isn't based off of the farm. Yeah. I mean, because they it's were like, talking. Oh, I need this farm, you know, I need this uh, this restaurant on this farm to make a proper living. Yeah. You know. Because there, uh, there was somebody there uh, that came up on the show and she had dairy cows. And she lost half of her dairy cows to hepatitis. Because uh, I guess badgers carry hepatitis and, like, pass it on to the cows. Um, and she had to, you know, kill half of her cattle. And so she's not making money. Okay. I can, I can, you know, go with her on that. She, she's losing money. She's having problems. She's, you know, not able to pick a, take a paycheck, just keeping the, you know, f- farm afloat type thing. I got that. Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah. You never have to work a day in your life. If you don't want to anymore, you've got enough no. money, but it's, it's interesting to see the politics of farming overseas. Other than that, hey, John, I think we're done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we've, you know, hit the show. Uh, Arathu comes up. Uh, have you looked into the EEA? Um, I have not. Uh, looks up regulations and everything. Possible customer oh, base. How oh, farmers, yeah, use the regulations for a larger possible customer base. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's interesting. You know, I, I'm not, you know, all into everything. It's just I like to make myself knowledgeable on stuff, and I, I think it's question, interesting. I research and find the answer. Yeah. It's, it's just very interesting to see that um, and figure out what's going on with it um, because I don't know. I've never been overseas. I've, I don't have the money to go overseas. I mean, if I – I tell you, if if I was rich, I would if spend – If I were a rich man? If I were a rich man. I would travel all over the world so I could experience – Everything in everybody's country, especially food. You know me, food. Um, and and, oh, wow. and, and help out. Um, wow, Rather, that's actually impressive. <laughs> that's pretty impressive, Rather. Um, yeah. It, it's just very interesting the way things work overseas compared to here. Yeah. Um, you know, laws, regulations, and such. But it's... I wish I could. I wish I could go everywhere and see and experience. Well, more than that, it's cultures. also good to to understand it because we have this problem of Americans as thinking that our way is the best way, and it's probably not. <laughs> and it's good to see how other countries do things, so you can use that should your position to affect a regulation or whatever, which most of us won't be. But knowing it makes knowing's half the battle. It's not just a slogan. So, guys, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you watching. Uh, whether you're going with us live or you're hanging out on us on your streaming device, um, we'll probably have some other shows pop up. I have to do a lot of painting, so I may do some streaming. Uh, not going to be paying too, you know, attention to a lot of chat or anything, but it's just going to help me and push so I can get through all the Adepticon stuff uh, yep. before it comes up because it's uh, about a month away. Yeah. yeah. So. Guys, please take care of yourself. Please take care of each other. If you have a problem, let us know. If you have something, let us know. If you see something, let somebody know. For more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. We're going to send y'all to the Pyro Club. Good night.